Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Take TV podcast. Uh, round 20 is over. Uh, round 21 is coming up and there's only three weeks to go. So it's the uh, final straight down the Flemington Strait. We've just passed the post and um, the, the, the whips are out. <laughs> and to be honest, we're cracking, but there's not really much energy left. <laughs> we're just we're just motoring home and, and praying that the end comes pretty quick. But um the boys are here. We're going to talk about injuries. There's always a few injuries every week to talk about any super coach relevant ones. Um, we'll go over short and crisp. Uh, I mean, they're giving us headaches, but they've been doing that for probably two months now. So it's at the point where it just is constant headache now. It's a migraine really. So we'll talk about some replacements of them, you know, either at their price or uh, maybe we'll talk about some above uh, as well. There's some other uh, talking points as well. Some main questions. We've got a Q&A at the end as usual in the Discord. Join join that if you want to get involved. And then captain's probably the, the most exciting thing to talk about every week. We'll, we'll get onto those. But we'll start with the boys, George, JD. How are you, boys? Not too bad. How are you? <laughs> are we down this week, boys? What's going on? Are we? <laughs> George is bringing the energy right? with another hype podcast from the Fantasy Take TV Network. I mean, I'm glad well, to have you all here. <laughs> there is a bit of hype because I'm starting a fan club. So they got the Tom Green fan club down at GWS. Well, I'm starting the Lockie Ash fan club. <laughs> He's going to tag... Zach oh, Merritt, so I can get to not it. look at another 140 yeah, score every week. I've got a little bit of a photo just for you to look at, George, and some people at home, and that's that's Zach Merritt oh with the dog inside him. Look at it. He's got He's the, got the dog in him. He's got <laughs> the dog in him. I wasn't going to put it up yet, look. but you just went straight to it. So, <laughs> look, that ZM, what's his number? ZM7. He, he's balling. Like, I've owned him like three, four years in a row. It's just this year when he's just on this absolute tear and a half. I know. I know. Don't have we him, but had he, him like he's, he's straight for a couple of years, and then now he does this when you don't have him. I, yeah, I, I would be pissing me off, but you well, know, me like as soon as there's an anti pod that I go, yeah, through, I you. just toys around the cot in times 100. So, sorry, oh, look, um, what's uh, what's his nickname in the cord? <sighs> top five mid, top five mid. It started as a bit of a joke last year, but uh, I mean, he was good last year, he's been good since being picked up this year. And there was an interesting stat I saw from uh, Fantasy today. So since 2016, he leads home and away fantasy points with 15,338. Next best is McRae, over 300 behind him. So to give you an idea of how good uh, Merritt's been over the last six years. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, and this is funny, the year, this is the year he got the injuries while we got him cheap, and then he's come back and just gone bananas but how'd you go jaws we'll put that yeah aside. i mean we'll probably have to mention him again but how'd you go this week uh 2348 and ranked 2k or 2.1k regardless it doesn't matter too much at this point uh yeah not the best trades you know started on a sour note why not end on a sour note um did Hewitt to Dale. So it sounds like Hewitt's a good chance to come back this week, whereas the commentary last week was he probably was going to be another week. So if I knew that, I would have held, but is what it is. Um, and then I traded Steel. No, it's traded Petrarca to Steel. Uh, that's how to waste a trade. Uh, given I've lost Wares cover, now I'm a little bit nervous about that, but uh, hopefully that works out somehow. But yeah, Petrarca looked pretty good. Uh, my positives and negatives for the week will do three two ones, uh, three votes for Crips for bouncing back, two votes to Laird for being a captain option, not letting me stuff up captains, and one vote. I know everyone has him, but it was good to see Joshua Dunkley, who I will pick next year and the year after and the year after that. 
um, bounce back. And then my three negatives, so three votes for the worse, Big O for letting Darcy Fort take the mantle over him. That made me spew up. Uh, next worst was Jack Crisp. Oh, my goodness. Please do something and not score like a rookie. And number one was Jaden Short, who had a chance to cement his role down back, but he kind of didn't play very well. But I'm not sure. And it was only one quarter, but it would have been nice if he stayed down back. So all hope there was lost, but seems to be the usual suspects. Uh, JD, how was your week? Uh, my week was pretty good at 24.86. So I put 140 up on you, which was nice. And I've moved into the top 3K, which is good. Uh, catching, catching, no trades whatsoever. My 3-2-1 for the week. So um, getting three votes is Jake Stringer. Brought him in as cover. <laughs> and the week that he needed to step up with Cogs out, he's put up a 114 on North. Very happy with that. It could have even been bigger as well if he just kicked a little bit straighter. But look, no complaints for the 114. Very good cover there. Uh, my two votes is going to one Zachary Merritt, top five mid himself. Uh, very good performance uh, and continue to save. And he goes hand-in-hand hand with my one vote. My one vote is going to Petrarca. And it, really, the combination of Mera and Petrarca have brought some of the best content out from you this year, George. Um, your video this week, absolutely losing it at these players. They both I know they were both big parts of why you lost it. Um, so, yeah, they they well-earned votes this week for Merit and Petrarca. And then three to one on the negatives. So starting out with one vote, uh, McRae, just not good enough for 82. Um, and I'm just looking at some stats that Frico has tweeted out. He's fourth quarters for the year in Supercoach has been 18. So at quarter one, averaging 34, quarter two, 33, quarter three, 30 for Supercoach. And then quarter four, 18, not running out games. And yeah, definitely felt like he faded again uh, on the weekend. Just hasn't been good enough and very disappointing. It's going to be a big talking point in the offseason of whether or not he gets started next year, uh, just given his history and and where he'll be priced at. Two votes is going to Crisp. I mean, I've hated this pick all year ever since I started him, and he's just really showing what a potato he is by name and by nature. So, yeah, not good. And then three votes is going to one Spike McVeigh. Uh, what he did this week. So, I mean, how is Cogs like sore enough that he gets pulled out because they, he would have been a risk of injury, I think was the quote, if he'd played, but they didn't know that on Thursday. That's weird. And then secondly, what they did to Himmelberg, which was his signature move to swing him back, one of the best intercept defenders since he got moved back, and they randomly put him forward for a half. Looks completely lost. The whole team's balance was out of whack. So whatever's going on with him, terrible and if he's auditioning for a coaching job as much as it pains me to say being an ex-bomber he's he's a long way off it a long way off it and now talk that he's going to send Lockie Ash to Merritt I hope not I hope not because uh, if he does that if he does that he might be in the 3-2-1 again next week so Spike he, he cannot possibly not send Ash to Merritt there's no way he, he put is... him on Warner last week he, there's no way he's happening look all I'm going to say is he started off better than Leon Cameron, but he's not trending well. So Spike McVeigh, you're on notice. Uh, N.O., how are you, you go. Work, mate? <laughs> um, probably, yeah, in between you two boys. So 2-3-96 uh, and went up a massive 26 spots, I think it was, to pretty much sit at 2.5K or 2.6K. So was making ground every week, still make ground, I guess, this week, but not much. So Cogs, yeah, as you just said, that whole debacle, um, finding out it obviously now before the game late changes just weird like you manage someone an hour before the game you, that's something you know during the week that you're going to do so 
didn't really buy it. Had no cover. Paul Curtis out with COVID, unfortunately, um, the timing of it. So just flipped the last trade and, and had to go to someone now. 550k, I think I had. I was just 10k short of Himmelberg, which of course would have turned a bit pear shaped. Uh, Rosie was someone I would love to own, um, but he's gotten so expensive now. So below that, it really was Baz. Baz Lanka was 530, I think. Uh, and then further down was like Taranto. And obviously, Rowan was, is he also like 470 last week? I just didn't consider him because at that point in time of the, of the day, Tom Campbell was still playing. I know you experienced that in Fantasy JD, but yeah, um, that was a pain. So Baz, uh, look, I'd trade him in knowing he probably wasn't going to go well at uh, Cadinia Park on that skinny ground for how he plays uh, and how Geelong sort of strangle you. So. I think he got enough of the ball. He just he just loves butchering it. So he needs a lot of the ball to actually score pretty well. But hopefully he's got some good games in him to finish the season. Um, got no trades left. But quick three, two, ones on the positive and negative. Um, positive, I think it's probably obvious, but I have to go with it. And that's Took Miller after I VC'd Steel for like a 107. I had to see someone on the Sunday and Neil and Took, I was flipping between and, and sticking it on Took um, and getting a 150 was was nice after it was looking pretty average in the third quarter. Two, again, Zach Merritt. I won't go any further before George's head explodes. And then the one is probably uh, it's probably stupid or weird, but Luke Parker, because I've had him for five weeks and he hasn't really gone big yet for me. So getting a 120 um, was sort of long, uh, well overdue. And then for the, the no goods, um, I hate to give three to Baz on debut, but he's killed me this year and he's killed me again. So I'll give it to Baz. Uh, but I still believe he can turn it around. Um, two, I guess we'll throw Shorty in there, but we can talk about him in a bit. But Dimmer played him, I think, three positions in one game. So um, it's pretty hard to get continuities. I, I said to JD, I think he wants him to be Liam Baker, but he's not Liam Baker. He can't do that you know, game, not even game to game, but within game, do this, you know, change positions. So he needs to lock down either half back, move him back there and for good or um, leave him at half forward um, midfield. So we'll talk about him in a bit. And then one Dylan Moore, that was annoying after getting such a good score last week um, with zero clangers trading out DC who did very well this week. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens with Grundy, but he had like six clangers in the first quarter. So, I think he had zero last week, six in the first quarter this week or something, just killed his score. Uh, I think he played well in the second half, but wasn't enough to wrestle it back. So let us know what you think of the three, two, ones. With something we're just trialing. We might continue it next year if you enjoy it. It's not always just going to be the best and worst scorers. Sometimes like JD Stringer, he's bringing him in for cover and getting a, a good score out of him at, at a timely moment. You know, that's what the, the votes will be for um, rather than just best scorer to worst. So um I guess we'll get into the injuries um, and the super coach relevant ones. Um, George mentioned Hewitt. He had to trade him out, which is what I sort of did last week because of no cover, but it was because I wasn't sure. And, and a back injury, like you said, um, he's had in the past is something that you just don't really know. So he's still week to week. We don't really know as of on a Monday whether he'll play this week, but I, I think it's probably more unlikely than likely um, that he gets up. I don't know your boy's opinion, but they'll want him right for finals and uh, they really, I think, only need to win one game from here uh, out of the three to make it. So Tough fixture. Yeah, I think they would just play it cautious with him, I mean, is my yeah, opinion, but just, we don't know. If he's back sore, do you really want to sit him on a plane to Brisbane and oh, back? Yeah. yeah. So um, I think we'll skip to, to Jacob Ware, who we just found out is probably relevant to Hewitt, and he's out with a calf apparently yeah. for two to three. So a lot of people were just playing him until maybe Hewitt's back. So that's... 
a bit of a spanner in the works. So I think if you've got Hewitt and Ware in that situation, you just got to trade Hewitt. Obviously, if he's not playing this week and find find the best option. Um, it's, it's pretty much all these rookies and cover players that are, that are pretty relevant. So the next one's Taylor Adams, who's out for the year. He went off with a groin, and apparently he's he's pretty much done. Uh, so Carmichael, who's been sub for a couple of weeks, played well when he's come on. Um, you would assume would be the one to get has into the twenty-two. Play, has to play so, surely. Um, if people are Hang on, we're forgetting him, someone. Good. Who? Finley McRae is making no. his comeback. Oh, <laughs> no, he could be sub. Uh, hopefully, one for next yeah. year. He's doing all right in the VFL, but it's been, I don't know. It feels like it's been twenty weeks since I've been able to mention Finn. But yeah, move <laughs> so, on. Man, yeah, no. <laughs> And it's funny because the next one's Jai Cully. So two weeks ago, George was like, oh, definitely, definitely Carmichael. And then it's like, oh, Cully's got the most CBAs and he looks like the best. And so you're like, oh, I got that one wrong. And then now Cully does his hair. Well, first he elbowed someone and it was going to be out anyway. Yeah. And then he does his hammy, uh, unfortunately. So they probably won't risk him. And now Carmichael looks like the better option. So just been one of those things the last couple of weeks. Well, Hammy Cully's um, done now, so Carmichael. Yeah. I guess it's kind of hard to tell it. Like this, the way it's played out is just, it's just who knows. So, yeah, if you got Carmichael, great. If you got Cully, well, you got a nice loophole. So, it's that. Uh, and then I think maybe Grundy coming back is not really an injury, but one that may be relevant to, I guess, anyone who's still got Darcy Cameron. And I don't know, maybe us just trying to figure out who the hell we start in the ruck next year. Get a look at Grundy, see where he's at, because um, he's certainly going to be cheaper than. Uh, than he usually is. So um, that's all the relevant injuries we know now, as a, as again, on a Monday. We don't know. It can always come up late in the week. And the, the injuries are sort of released uh, tomorrow night. So we'll see if there's anything new that comes to the fore. But I think I'll pass over to George to say a word about our lovely sponsors. Yes. Uh, Manscaped, they have their new ultra smooth package. So it's time to stop, drop and order this premium shaving kit. Uh, everyone everyone knows about the Lawnmower 4.0. I think 6 million men now have Manscaped products. So you're probably missing out. So what's that? A third, no, a quarter of Australia. Not necessarily Australia, but one in four. Australian men Australia. are the best groomed men in the okay. world. I mean, no, forget that. Just, um, but yes. And so if you're not, time to jump on, I reckon. <laughs> yes. Hey, embarrassing, shameful if you don't have one by now. Uh, but yeah, if you're looking for a closer shave to go bare down there, then the Ultra Smooth Package is the perfect set for you. It's time to shave and brush up on your uh, below the waist and uh, use this discount code FTTV for 20% off. Again, why would you shop retail when you can get 20% off with manscaped.com? Now, boys, uh, we have these Manscaped products and, you know, the lawnmower 4.0, unbelievable. Um, you get the gel as well, the crop uh, crop shaver razor as well, uh, doing an unbelievable job for us. Uh, tell us about your experience with the close shave, the closeness of your shave, uh, Eno. Right. Just before Eno does that, can you say crop shaver razor three times? <laughs> really quickly. Uh, crop shaver razor, crop shaver razor, crop shaver razor that's as fast as i can go <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's actually been really good like it gets it gets really close um to your skin like I, the one i used before um sort of was just like it was getting to like not as close like it was sort of a, uh, still a, li a bit a little bit left over like uh, not a, a smooth um clean shave so it's definitely better on that front than what, yeah, it was, wasn't was like a full shave, the one I used to use. It just would get it pretty short. So, um, 
yeah, this one's a lot better. Uh, makes it like it's smooth. It's not like um, any flaky skin or anything. So, nah, I've been enjoying it very much. And um, I think the old man will be getting one for sure uh, in a few weeks. So, how about you, JD? Oh, it doesn't look like you've been using it on your face, but <laughs> what about down there? <laughs> hey, come on, mate. Um, well, yeah, I think the, the best part is definitely you know father's day coming up i don't know about you i'm always struggling for gifts and gifts ideas so this one just seems like a bit of a no-brainer this year it comes in such a cool package the products are like they sound some of them sound a little bit novel when you first hear about them like the crop exfoliator and the crop gel but then you use them and you totally get it right you're like well how did i ever groom without these products so all really good and i must say the name of the new set the ultra smooth package I was watching an ultra smooth package on the weekend. Jake Stringer, 114 <laughs> in the super coach. And the goal that he kicked where he just got his toe to the ball. Now that is smooth. And if you <laughs> want to be that smooth, then maybe you should be checking out some of these great Manscaped products using code FTTV at checkout. Beautiful. Well, I think we'll get to the uh, the waterbed at the start of the year, technically, which I don't still know what the result of it's going to be, but... It's actually remarkable now. I'll get up on screen where oh, it's sitting. No. So, JD, if you want to go over it. It's yeah, well, so I think there was only a couple of points last week between Rao and Lipinski. Rao's actually uh, lifted with a 101 on the weekend, which now takes him up to tied with average on uh, with Dil Shill, who's been in really good form, but obviously um, sat yeah. out with injury on the weekend. And Lipinski doing no harm either with a with an 85. Uh, but yeah, just now the, what is that, 2019, 19 points behind um, Rao. So very close neck and neck uh, from here to the end of the year. And I, I must say, I fancy Rao's odds with uh, Hawks match up next. Probably a little bit better than Lipinski playing against Melbourne. How are you feeling about this bet, George? I haven't really paid attention. Actually, I've watched a bit of uh, Eston games because I'm praying for Merritt not to get the ball. So I watched Sheer when he's been in quite good form. Um, yeah. He's leading the league in clearances, which is like really surprising oh, given how maligned he's been with oh, uh, SM okay. supporters. I think yeah. it was like this. Was it, yeah. clear, or was it Senate bounce clearances? I think. Yeah, it must be Senate yeah, bounce yeah, clearances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think because yeah. like what Hewitt was doing early, but it's funny. Yeah. I feel like these three are like in sync. They always like have a poor week together or a good week together. <laughs> Just yeah. landed on the same average. So, yeah. Pretty three funny. weeks to go. Do you know, uh, do you know who Rao's final game of the years against yes because Tuke's captain that week isn't he <laughs> yep it's against North, North Melbourne yeah yeah so he's got Hawks and North in the last three so I'm feeling pretty good about this but Rao also doesn't um uh strike me as a type that like is going to just rack it up in those easy games just because he can just quickly is he ever going to be a primo I just, just don't know year three I, th- I think it's see how it goes it's not looking as promising as it was uh we see think- the outside game needs a lot of work yeah, yeah, but I I think it will be easier for him to get than you realize. Like, because there was he was definitely showing elements of it in the early years. I think he's just had to come such a long way back with his body, two injuries after yeah. missing basically two full years, and the hype behind him. Uh, I don't know. I I think next year's make or break in terms of like, will we actually okay. see him get yeah. to elite elite not, ceiling? Not not just yeah. career, I mean, of course. He's not a footballer. Be a yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because, yeah. because I mean, it's hard to be a premium these days. You pretty much need to be thereabouts to one twenty to even be considered. So, all right, let's rip the bandaid off. The first uh, topic that none of us really want to talk about, and I guess you two more than me, because you've looked at both of these blokes uh, in your side at most of the year, and that's that's short and crisp. So, shorty, just as I was saying before, 
and and we saw on the weekend thought he would play, be playing defense and he did start that way and he tried to kick the leather of it off it two or three times and front punted it i think twice one from a kick out which resulted in a goal and whether dimmer just said nah get the hell off you're not going back there or whether it was you know in game uh, to move him back forward i'm not really sure um we didn't cop an injury till later than that so i can't really blame it on tactical but he played back in the forward line even like george was saying deep forward for like a quarter and then in in the second half he was actually up more around the ball he just didn't really find it a hell of a lot so He's been annoying. Chris, on the other hand, he's played forward a bit at times, but he's been in the midfield enough to where he needs to score better than what he is. So what are your thoughts on these two? I think we've, we've said it enough, but I guess we is it horse. really worth trading it to any anyone? Um, I guess we've got to start with at their price or under, or do we just cop it for the rest of the year? I think you just cop it. I mean, we've got Robbie Fox here. He's been playing down back, I think. Uh, Blakey's been playing well. Whitfield... And then Isaac Cumming. So out of these, probably Blakey or Isaac Cumming. It's JD right Sorko. Um I, I, I would just I, hold. I, I I think there's a minor chance that there's a turnaround. And you know, you we're waiting for the turnaround. It's not happening. It doesn't look like it's gonna happen. Uh shorts at least getting a few marks. They do feed on the ball a little bit. So if he goes 80 from here, it's unless you can afford like a premium premium, then otherwise yeah. I think you just hold from here. I, I think the like Obvious thing is if you've got like three or four trades or whatever and you can get a short or a crisp up to Stuart, whoever, right? Like you go and do it. Um, but I have yeah. seen a few questions this week saying that they want to move them on, but they don't have any money. So it's either sh- like hold short or crisp or go down to one of these other options. And so the question is, do any of the names here appeal to you enough? Robbie Fox, Nick Blakey from the Swans, the good run. You got Whitfield who's now coming back off injury. Can he, can he run out the year? Uh, coming seems a little bit scuffed with Whitfield back there. And then Zorko has actually put up some pretty decent numbers the last few weeks. And he's um, uh, cheap at 353,000, uh, which is ridiculous, 354,000. So he's actually one that if you if you were doing, if you had two trades, right, you can do one up, one down by going crisp to Zorko and then, I don't know, McRae up to someone or someone in your forward lineup. Yeah, no, that, that's just... true. I just, yeah, if you've got one trade, is that better used waiting for an injury or going one of these guys to one of the, just to be honest, I don't see anyone appealing at all to to warrant using that last trade that you have. So as JD said, if you've got a couple more, um, why not go for it? But if you've just got the one trade, just hold on to it. I don't see the point. And I think Crisp is more of a chance to turn it around. And Shorty, as I've always said, I know, I know. I'm still surprised he's playing this bad. Even me. I know it's funny, but uh, the thing is, they do have some pretty hard teams to play uh, finally, don't they? They haven't really been um, playing too many good teams and they they cop a few in the last uh, few rounds. Like Carlton round 23 isn't great for a mid, um, stuff like that. So we'll see, but I don't think the trade's better used on anything else. What about this? I mean, I... What about this? Say you've got two trades left, right? You could go crisp down to Zorko. You get about ninety k, and then with short and the ninety k, you have what about uh, five fifty? So you'd be looking at options like Tom Barras, who's got a three round average of one thirty, uh, or uh, Angus Brayshaw, who's just been moved into the midfield um, for Demons. Would you would you consider that type of trade, or maybe also, even if you Dawson? Had both. If you had Dawson, if you didn't have Dawson, yeah, yeah, if you've got both, yeah, both short yeah. and crisp. 
Dale's affordable there as well, if it's that much. If it works, he's 544. Um, if you're getting Zorko, you need to have someone on the bench. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah, yep. I don't know about Zorko. <laughs> and with wear out, that's what really D'Ambrosio probably kills this. Yeah. Is Mastermind going to keep playing? I think so. It depends on how long McGrath's out for. I mean, Caldwell's out now as well, but what we've got um, Shield to come back. I actually don't know what our injury list looks like. I'm really interested to see what it's like on Tuesday because there's been a lot of these injuries, but not a lot of word on what they actually are and the yep. time frames. Yep. Fair enough. We spoke enough on these two guys. Uh, just <laughs> let them rot until the end of the season and probably yeah. never consider them again. Like uh, from here, I'll say I don't think. I've always said it, not many Richmond players are fantasy options at all altogether as well, a whole list. They never have been. But if if Short's getting moved behind the ball next year and they <sighs> come out and say the midfield experiment failed, you'd have to consider him. Because at if least Timmer was like he's not you yeah. know what I mean. But things change. So And the and the start of the year, for the start of this year, he was genuinely one of the best players for the first like. He was four fine. Weeks I think he had one like terrible that. game yeah. over in Adelaide where he scored like a sixty. Um but he made that up with a 152 in round seven against Yeah, but West that was Coast. the midfield game. So he didn't play much. Oh, he was only okay. six rounds behind the ball. It was weird. Yeah, so, okay. Yep, all right. Unless there's no other cheap options and he's uh, like an enabler, as they call it. But yep. I think we just forget about him. There's a lot of good defensive options, it feels like. Next one, sort of a sort of the hypothetical, but for the last three rounds, would you rather have Rowan Marshall, who we saw absolutely take the P155 against the Hawks on the weekend, um, had, what, 30 disposals as a Ruckman, scored the 170, um, or Timothy, no speaker English, who sort of been doing our heads in, I guess, since we, we traded him. The, I haven't looked it up, yeah. and George said it on his video, but the Heaney to English trade is definitely net negative, <laughs> and I can't Pain. believe it. <laughs> and we don't get to watch Heaney get four tons and in Jade a row. And getting... Like the chats that we're in, where earlier in the year, and every time Heaney would fluke something, everyone's going off. Everyone's going off, and now like he's Heaney kicking goals and stuff. It's it's just me. It's I'm dead. the only one. I'm the only one that's happy. No one else is chatting Heaney talk anymore. Oh. It's like it's so weird how it's flipped on its head. It's so um, funny. Yeah, so this I thought this is an interesting question because there are some people that might not have either and genuinely be looking at them as a say Darcy Cameron owner, for example. And it is nice to keep that ruck loop um, open as well if you if you wanted to do that. So uh, I think like Marshall obviously has form on his side given what's happened last week, but I think the matchups slightly are in English's favour. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, Rowan has Geelong, who kind of restrict. He has Big O or Fort, who restrict, uh, and then sink, and then have uh, the Swans, who I think I can't remember if Hickey's injured been, or not. But they've been pretty uh, friendly to score on, just because Hickey hasn't yeah. been. I think Marshall's so. got that around the ground. He's got the follow-up. He tackles. He looks good. I think he, it looked like he was at a limited preseason. So I think uh, Rowan's looking raring to go. I. Uh, I would go Rowan just because I, I honestly have no idea what sort of English is going to turn up because three out of the four games since his return from concussion have just not been good. And he kind of recovered a what was looking like a pretty poor score on the weekend. What do you get, like a 70 or 80 or something? So 70, 79, which is pretty bad. I mean, he's had – so he had like a 97 and a 122, but then a 51 and a 79 between them. So two decent scores, two shocking scores. I, I like Rowan from here. Rowan, no reason why Rowan can't do 110 like he has. 
uh, in the past in the number one ruck role. So I, I yep. like Rowan. And the English I, ceiling has a ceiling too, but I'm just not sure what I'm going to get from him. I know. I think it's Marshall for me too. Uh, the thing with English, what he just touches it down, right? He's getting nine or ten a week, not nineteen or twenty a week that he mm. was when we all didn't own him. So um, yeah. don't know Sorry. the reason for it. I guess Geelong ground doesn't help, like Baz I was talking about. But yeah, Marshall for me. Yeah, so I think I'll break the mold here and actually go uh, English. So he's two bad scores in the last four weeks were against St Kilda, which when Ryder and Marshall playing is like one of the most restrictive duos. And then against Geelong this week, the 79, most of the dogs scored poorly. And he also only scored an 80 on them earlier in the year. Um, Geelong's been like surprisingly hard to score against the Rucks, despite their Rucks being not great. And they had Blitzers basically following around the ground, which I think drags on his score. In his next three, so they've got Darcy this week, who I don't think can go with English and around the ground. It's a good matchup, probably, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's a great matchup, but it's okay. And then in the last two, you've got GWS, who have been shocking. I mean, the biggest concern for English is like Bruce will knock him out again. Um, and then uh, the Hawks, which I don't think is a particularly bad matchup, should get lots of um, kick mark around the ground, I would imagine, in that one too. So I, I don't know. I'm Maybe I'm too biased towards schedule, but I would probably have English ahead. Although I, I, I could see myself easily being wrong over a three-game sample size here. Yeah. It's the kick mark game. Is it going to happen? Is it going to show it like he did earlier on? Yeah, the dog's possession game. And he, yeah. I mean, I think he's still been trying to get involved. It's just much harder when Blitz is following you around the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And and there was, oh, was it the St. Kilda game where like dogs were just atrocious by foot? They missed him so many times. Yeah, that's right. But he played a bit more forward too, right? Um, he's been kicking goals. Uh, well, they, they had one game where they had Sweden as well, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's weird with their team. Like Josh Bruce is playing, but he's basically just uh, putting a jumper on and not really doing anything else. Like uh, <laughs> yeah. he has barely done anything. Norton, I guess, just came back right from injury. Um, but I don't know. It's recency bias, let's be honest. Miss Rowan's one seventy, so I think he can do it, you know, again. But mm-hmm. it's obviously not always true. Next, we'll go to a bit of a contentious one, and probably something we need to think about into next year, and that's Harry Himmelberg and. First of all, are we worried about him for the next three weeks? And then uh, I guess it's hard to even talk about next year at this stage without a coach in that team. But yeah, leave it just to the next three weeks. What do we think is going to happen? Was it to avoid the the um, inevitable tag that did come when he did go there in the second half, right? As soon as he went there, Ryan Clark was straight next to him. So was that maybe part of it? Just hold. He'll be fine. I think they said after the game that didn't really work with him up forward. Uh, I read that on Twitter somewhere. Spike said that. So hold, he'll be fine. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's. I mean, I guess that they're trying to like fit in the youth and play them, and Himmelbergs won't consult other positions. But he's so clearly been their best defender when back there. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think what's the most frustrating part as well is that I think Himmelberg genuinely would have gone pretty decent down there. Like Haynes was getting involved a lot. Um, Oh, just with like all this transition play yeah. that you're like, that should be Himmelberg. That should be Himmelberg. Like, what well, anyway? With how bad they are, too, man. That what a 90 point loss, he would have gone monstrous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. the Clark tags, the only thing would have limited that, but yeah, I was uh, definitely and they... looking at him if I could afford him, but uh, kind of happy I didn't. But he should be playing back there, yeah. Got the next one down here. Is, Mc... is McCray a trade? <laughs> no. No, no one's really a trade at this point unless they're injured, really, uh, or unless they're Jack Crisp. 
but or Jaden Short. But even then, as I said at the start, I don't think they are either. Um, so no, he's not a trade, but it is. Yeah, as JD said in his uh, opening, more towards next year. Really, uh, is he a starting pick? And a lot will ride on Josh Dunkley whether he leaves the club. Uh, a lot will ride on whether you think he can get back to being one of the the top mids. Um, but stats really weird where he's just been fading out every game. I think a lot, a few of those games though, early in the year were like him just getting shafted and not even playing in the midfield in the last quarter, which was yep. just, that's just, yep. that's just Bevo. That's not him. So well, I think like the two things that stand out to me as weird as well is like Bailey Smith is clearly more favored in the midfield rotations this year than we've seen in past years. And then in the second half of the year, Bonds and Pelly's taken over the midfield and dogs have looked better with him at the helm. Like, let's just be real. So I think that's a little bit worrying that the, Oh, there was another stat, by the way, of like only players that hadn't been dropped by Bevo. And there's only about six. And two of them on the list are Bonson Pelly and Bailey Smith. And the Cray's been dropped by Bevo before. So just interesting wow. to see who who his favorites are. When did Bevo drop in? Maybe five, six years ago. Yeah, something like that. Played yeah. three games. Because he's basically played every game. Since, yeah, so it must say. have been <laughs> one of his yeah, first years. Um but yeah, so like I don't know, it just feels like with him being one of the ones he's happy to move out and play in a role that McRae's body language clearly shows he doesn't like. It was 2018. He was dropped for three games. There you go. Um, no, no, he, was, he did a hammy. I remember that trading for 700K. He did a hammy at halftime. Would have been the year before that, I think. Oh, well, it might have before. been. 2016 then. That he was played 18 games. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he also had a hamstring in 2016. So I don't know. That's weird. Did Someone he? said he got oh. dropped. Maybe he hasn't been dropped and it's just been injury games. What was Pebble's first year? 2015. They made it would have final. been probably would have been like a first or second year. Would have been his first year. Second year he was balling. He like hundred average second year. Yeah. Oh. Maybe it was 2015 then. Or they made it up. Who's this guy? With Maybe. The stats? <laughs> could, could be. Oh, no. Had to be early. Fraudulent stats. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think those other concerns, are, it just seems like of the midfielders, he's not as favoured as the other ones. But you could see like if Libba, for whatever reason, was injured again next year, if Dunkley goes, like there's ways yeah. you can end up with him. But I'm just worried with a full, if, it, if it, all the dogs are fit and healthy, it feels like he's a little bit out of favour now. And it means the 125s are off the cards. I know it's a hypothetical, but... Him and Steele are about three average apart. Maybe that that you know that gap time. Steel. I'll start exactly. Steel. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to ask the question. Like, I know that you can say, well, I can start both, which of course you can. But if you had to pick, I think we're all going Steele. So, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that next year. McRae starts seasons well, so I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, well, you didn't start him this year, and then you forced him in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you're down to one, one trade, I think this question we've pretty much answered. If you're down to one trade, do you use it or hold this week? I think the only reason you, you use it is if... Um, Go Petrarca to steal if you want. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're Gosh. only doing that to afford Stuart, and then you didn't end up going with Stuart, right? I don't so know. why the hell I... did you still do it? <laughs> I don't Perennial Stuart it. hater, by the just... way, number one, but... He's just an overrated player, that's all. Just doesn't defend one-on-one much. He's just Who's Stuart? Grass, yeah. Wait, you've been... He's like, people are like, oh, he's the best defender in the game by far. But you've been Stuart, riding Sicily all year. Like 
You've been Every riding Sicily the, in the yeah, AFL. They make Sicily. They make Sicily. Who was he playing on? Max King, like fifteen centimeters on him. Like, what yeah, are yeah. they doing? He's finally been accountable, and his scoring's been different. Because bit. he's one. He's a third toll. He's, Sicily's always been a third toll. I don't know why they're <laughs> playing in key position. But he's so good that he can play that position. Whereas he's the same height as Tom Stewart. Tom Stewart cannot play on an opponent. Remember the <laughs> game against Charlie Cameron last year? Lost in the he's game. Anyway. He's a small. <laughs> they gave him a lockdown role, and it's like, nope, we're never doing a lockdown role for Tom Stewart ever again because his opponent was best on ground. <laughs> don't know why that like affects your super coach picks, but anyway. Um, is mean. Redmond in your rolling top six defenders from here to the end of the year? Good one, JD. He probably is, oh my to God. be fair. Like, <laughs> he, he's demanding the footy back there. So, um. Yeah, yeah, enjoy to watch as an owner. Yeah, it must be nice for Supercoach. It's it's a weird one, right? Because he's um th- three round average for defenses is still like a one twenty five, and he had a forty affected game. He missed a half a forty in there, so he's had two blistering games either side. The one thing I do worry about is that um his opponent this week was it uh Spicer? Who did he man up know. on? Probably um, no one. <laughs> No, 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 no. He was manned up um one on one, but like genuinely. Yeah, I mean, no one the ball was Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was no one good. Um sorry. Yeah, like so even though it was he it's not like he was playing a traditionally really good role, like a Stewart, for example, where he was playing the plus one and then just getting everything. He was still playing a defensive role. Uh, which I guess worries me a little bit for whether or not. But yeah, the question is, do you, do you have six other defenders ahead of him or would you have him in your top six? I, I think we'd all probably still have Sinclair and Dawson in the top two, and then Stewart would make three. Do you put, you know, Doherty, Sicily? Who I are, think like, Angus Gus Brayshaw. I like him in the CBA role that he's got now. I think he'll do it. Aaron Hall. Uh, yeah, it is Angus Brayshaw. Yeah, they said he's going to play mid now. Yeah. Okay. Um. Like Dale should be like 105 still to so be thereabouts. Everyone's few defenders fall on apart, and then Sicily's like his five round is 107, so it's not even that bad. It's just hard to just run for every kick in, like his life depended on it. Yeah, I mean Major. Redmond's Redmond's five round is 117, which is only behind Sinclair. It's ahead of like Tom Stewart. His three round I think is the most outside of yeah Tom Brass, who's got a 130. So. Final word is Redmond a top six defender for last three games of the year, yes or no? Top three? Top six, sorry. Top six defender. Top six, sorry. I don't know why I've heard that. Yes, yes. he is. Yes, yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't have him in super coach. Enjoy. I, I, I wish I had him. I wish I had him in super coach. It'd be great. You brought him up like a month ago, I reckon. Um, I did, I did, well. and it was dismissed yeah. pretty quickly. But anyway, yeah, as you do with like a two-week sample size of a player. Yeah. I mean, not two-week. I mean, like he has been playing well for most of the year. But I mean, he's scoring. More he's scoring. Um. All right, let's get to the uh, the Q and A, and we'll we'll try and wrap wrap this one up pretty soon. Because to be honest, I'm scrolling through these questions, and I only see about three super coach ones. So I might sprinkle a few other ones in there. I know it's FPL season. If anyone's Keen on getting involved in that. A few, few of the members have chucked We're in. We're an FBL server now, apparently. <laughs> so I'll ask, yeah, well, I don't know how I'm going to ask these questions to you two boys to answer, so I probably will leave the oh, FBL ones alone. Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll pick them based on which, which name I prefer. <laughs> um, here's one for George. What's your go-to KFC order? 
uh, probably less likely to get a stomachache from the chips. So probably go for that. One of those hand wipes things. That's that's what you get. <laughs> what sort of water they sell? I don't know. Um, what are you doing about Hewitt? Well, for me, he's already gone. I think for George, he's already gone, and for JD, yeah. he went to Hamburg two weeks so, ago. Yeah. Um, we got to wait and get the word on him this week, of course. But if he's out of course, he's gone. As simple as that, really. <laughs> Who's your favourite Brisbane Ruckman? Sorry, George. I'll probably I'll try to skip over the uh, ones that are all cornered towards you. Steph, oh. Steph Martin back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's one for JD. Who's worse, Spike or Rutten? Oh, I so <laughs> thought you were going to read the, the golf question above that. It's a Manscaped-related question, I guess you could say. Um, who's worse, Spike or Rutten? It's got to be Spike. That's not even close. Has Rutten done any, like, seriously brain-dead no, coaching moves? Really. Not really. Us, no. I mean, it was resting Hobbs was, like, the biggest crime that he was going to commit earlier in the year. So, yeah, like, easily Spike McVeigh. Not close. Yeah. Here's one that might be hard to do on the spot, but two plays in each position you want to start next year. Maybe just say one if you've just got one that you think there's no way you'll go without, George. Mm, down Defense. back, Dawson, midfield, Laird, Ruck. <laughs> Riley or oh, Ruck. Ruck. <laughs> Ruck. <laughs> uh, Ruck, I don't know. Might it be Strawn? If Gorn's solo rocking, oh, it could be. If, if yeah. Gorn's solo rocking, he'll be like priced at 113 or something. And then just trade him out when he hurts his ankle in round ten again, and then the forward line dunks again. Why not, Rosie? I love Rosie. Yeah, I'll go him. Yeah, if he gets if he gets it though. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think defense. Um, so Dawson, I really like. Um, I think Himmelberg, Young, and Redmond are the cheap options or cheaper options I'll look at next year in the midfield. We already touched on that. Steel is the most obvious one for me, but I think is like both value and premium. Uh, beyond that, a little bit hard to say at the moment. Rucks, uh, maybe English next year. Um, he had a lot go wrong this, this year, which has kind of brought down his average to 109. Still going to be expensive, but he could have easily been 120 this year. And then the forward line, I'll be looking for any of the full, like the midfielders that retain their forward status. So if any of like Bont, Cogs, Parker, Baslenka, uh, Dunkley, yeah. any of those retain forward status, they're going to be the first picked. Oh, Rosie as well. Dilmore. Dilmore is a really obvious one, actually. Now, yep. like, if he's if he's still playing midfield next year, role. Dilmore. Yep. Yeah, Dilmore. Like they get rid of Titch or something, which they tried to do last year, which they'll probably yeah. try to do again. Probably That's be a right. lot harder. Um, and they were uh, un- North, unsuccessful North, that, but... North still trying to field the team, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won't go over every position. You probably covered off Dawson, who I would have said as well. Maybe another one I'll throw up is Andy Brayshaw. We just saw um, today David Mundy, the legend, retiring, which I thought he would go on again. He's still been pretty serviceable, but he's called it quits. Fife is just battling injury every time. He um, looks like he's playing again. He, he gets something else. So, um, I mean, what next year, what it'll be, it'll be Brayshaw, Brody, and Sarong pretty much as the main three, you would imagine. Um, as JD shakes his head, as I say, Brody. Oh yeah, I forgot we could. One of my first, maybe Brody in the midfield. <laughs> Will Brody in the midfield? <laughs> Get that tank up. Um, or yeah, maybe one season's enough for him. Please like, do that. Please he do that. Take and a year off after playing I'm, so much this year. I'm going to enact a no trade clause next year, which is a, a <laughs> spoken bond, a contract between you and I that you will not trade out Will Brody if you start him next year. 
He has to stay well, there the whole year. No trades. Um, Deal. Jumanji asks... <laughs> Jumanji asks, he can't loop, so he has to choose between short versus uh, Port or Ridley versus JWS just to straight field. I think for me, that's Ridley. He's been solid enough uh, and actually has a role locked down to where he can just go 90 to 100 each week. Yep. What do you boys Ridley, think? better role. Ridley. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are there any short positions you'd actually feel short? Yeah, if, if they said he was playing behind the ball, would you take him? Oh, I don't even care what they said or if we said anything. I still, yeah, I'll go Ridley. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, you're probably not Ridley getting something massive, but you're at least getting something not crap. So, yeah, I think like what Blakey went one eighteen on GWS this week, who's yeah, uh, Ridley has so yeah. Like, I think Redmond stole all Ridley's ball, but he's intercepting still there, of course. Yeah, he still gets yeah, a I mean, bit. So uh, Swans had um, Blakey go one eighteen, Lloyd go ninety seven, and Robbie Fox go ninety five. So like, I think defenders him to go fine against GWS. I think that that'd be where I'd look. Yep, it's a weird one. Would Soldo get a game in in decent side? That doesn't really make sense. This question would Soldo get a game in an easy decent side? I don't know what that how that's worded, but. I don't even know why we're talking about Ivan Soldo. I don't know why I read it out, but <laughs> um... go next. <laughs> <laughs> Would you start Sean Darcy next year? Not with Luke the Jackson. Rucks probably the most intriguing line. Yeah. Um, so still a lot to go under the bridge. Well, Darcy's looked okay the past two weeks. I thought he's been a bit better getting involved. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe yeah, not. involved with Petrarca uh... behind the play. A few handballs around the stoppage, getting involved in chains and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, this is what yeah which means drop a nine is he's hit he's, uh, to advantage. They must be down a bit, um, which is annoying. Played Gorn, so. so. Yeah, he, he went well against him the first time, but yeah, obviously Gorn's still a hard matchup. <sighs> what do we got? Um just scrolling through a lot of the crap. He's <laughs> starting Chad Warner next year. No. He is worth considering as a breakout pick next year. It depends on who retires from the Swans midfield or who gets moved on. Although they're not really that old anymore. Kennedy's already not playing there. But maybe, maybe on Chad. Um, there really isn't much else here, boys. Once someone actually asked, um, hey, boys, I'm struggling with the captaincy option this week. So I guess that's the segue into moving into that uh, as we wrap up, uh, which, again, I think there's a few good options this week. So uh, if any of you boys have looked, uh, jump in. But Yeah, I have. Um, I cannot go past VC Oliver against Collingwood. Easiest Smith to score against Oliver was tagged last week. Uh, 21 touches, so like that's still okay for getting tagged. Scored a 80 something, 85, so he's gone a lot worse getting tagged in the past. VC Oliver, for me, I don't know how you can pass it up personally unless you see something else you like, like a Mills versus North. Uh, yeah, maybe Finn McGuinness does something there, not sure. So I only VC Took, I wouldn't captain him. Um, Merritt. Gets tagged by Ash, so I would avoid that. And Laird versus West Coast is free, <laughs> as, as safe as it can get. So VC, Oliver, C, Laird. 
I think if you have Mills, then VC Mills against North is um, where I'd go into the C lad, but none of us have Mills, right? So it's all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, Collingwood give up points to midfielders. So I can see that Oliver VC this week. Yep, that's what I've got. Yeah, VC. Even maybe if you have Petrarca, Sorry. it's not the worst <laughs> option. But I think I'd, I'd Oliver's. Yeah, Oliver's Oliver. He's M one. I mean, Adams is out now. He's probably as much as I don't. I never really have yeah. played Adams. He's the best inside mid. So, um, they're even less, less even... Uh, strong in there. So who the hell is going to be their like number one contested ball winner, Collingwood this week? Yeah, who's going to stand next Carmichael. to Oliver? At... At stoppages. Yeah. Like, I envisage uh, we take his score, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> what? So they're going to have Dugowie, Crisp, and... Crisp, probably. Carmichael. Crisp, probably the next best um, strength-wise. Oh, maybe Pendles is going back into the midfield this week. I don't yeah. know, but none of them sound like they could match up on Oliver. It'd be too big, too strong. Dugowie's pretty strong. I think he can match up on him. But I'd probably they can go with him is another, another thing. Yeah. Oh, the other thing is like they just use him at stoppages and then he pushes forward, which mm, is not probably you want someone you want someone's gonna be accountable on Oliver. Oh yeah, okay, that's strange. I reckon well, you have was, like yeah. if you're um Melbourne, you have Brace or go to Goey, I would imagine, because you could drift back in defense with him. Yeah, mm. could do. Uh yeah. I hope I have to take Clary's score because I would have the C on Took, but you're right, bloody Finn McGuinness is uh, always there, that that bastard. So he could easily go to him. Not that Took's the easiest man to run with, but McGuinness, if anyone can, probably be him. I'd be shocked um, if we weren't taking Clary. Yeah, so hopefully I can take him because I don't, obviously don't have lead as well. And Merritt, yeah. as you said, probably not touching. Uh, like I'd have to rely on like a Neil or Steel or something who don't have great matchups. So you could see like right before the bounce if Finn McGuinness goes to Took or not. <laughs> oh, look, I'll probably just take a one twenty from Clary, which I imagine he gets. Play it safe. But if you got Laird, you can you can roll it, of course. If you're feeling feeling yeah. risque, because he's probably due another one forty against the Eagles. That's it, boys. Yeah. Uh, should we? Do you want to quickly talk about maybe who you reckon will make top four and top eight from here? What what like what are the contentious positions? Just quickly, it's like. Like Lions, uh, the top four. So Geelong, um, Melbourne, Collingwood, Sydney are the top four at the moment. Um, yeah, like can Lions jump in ahead of the Pies probably would be the team to drop out. And then for eighth between, I guess, yeah, Saints, Tigers, Saints, Bulldogs. Saints, Richmond. Maybe Sydney Carlton Fleet. even if they lose every game. <laughs> I think the latter will stay as is. I think the Dogs can jump in if they win the next three. Big game this week. Uh, I think that I think Sydney finished fourth. I think they'll beat. They play Collingwood at home. Play the Saints. And they, they play, play each North. other. A lot of these teams. That's the thing. It's probably going to swing. Every Things, week, yeah, so. I like Sydney for fourth. Then Dogs or Richmond for eighth. I think Sydney top. Yeah, it's more Collingwood. I think you think they finished top four as well. Yeah, I think they will. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't think they'll beat Melbourne this week. Yeah. Then they have. You think Collingwood's going to beat Melbourne? No, are you they, said they don't. playing each other? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's Friday night. Then they have Sydney, George, away in Sydney. 
that would be a good game. I don't know. And then they have obviously have that that Blues game. So that 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 Blues Pies game could mean top four for Pies or and top eight for Blues on the same day. Imagine that. I can't wait for that game. That'll be fun to watch. So, St Kilda's matchup's tough from here, right? Like they they're gonna lose the next three. Brizzy, Geelong or Geelong, Brizzy, and then Swans. Yeah, yeah, so good. Three else. So then Richmond's got <laughs> might be Brisbane right, at home. Write them off. Ours is pretty good. Port Hawks Essendon. So no top eight teams. Like oh uh, yeah, and then it's Richmond, so they got to do it. Yep. They... And then Dogs have got uh, Fremantle Giants Hawks. So you, you'd imagine. Yeah. Dogs you'd and imagine Tigers, really. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it should be Richmond that make the eight, just looking at the ladder then, because you're two points ahead of yes, the Bulldogs. They, they need to win. And I think you both go two and one. You know, like Richmond probably drops one that it should win. And then Bulldogs lose to Freya win the other two. So I don't know. And then, yes, and Kilda, unfortunately, I just don't think they can win two of their last three. It'd be pretty epic if they did. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine if uh, Carlton missed the eight? Because like all of those teams go on heaters and they run home and Carlton. Well, only two of them do. Dog, like the Dogs and Tigers both go on heaters and the Blues. Yeah. Blues out. Obviously, it's in their they, own hands. Like they win one, they're in. I think so. They've got Brisbane, Melbourne, and Collingwood, so they could easily lose all three. That's the thing. <laughs> depends where the Pies sit. I guess if they're sitting uh, in an unmovable position, which would be annoying, then they can do what they want. But yeah, you still want to play well, obviously. With, especially that week off that is still around. They got to get rid of that, don't they? Hmm. The the pre-finals by kills momentum. Like, yeah, but then you're going to have... If, you win, um, if you're a top four and you win, you play one game in three weeks. I, it's funny because we haven't actually talked about it much, but Geelong with their position, right? Like, could you see them resting plays in the last round doing two-week bye? Well, the only one you'd worry about would be Stuart and he's just had a month off, so... Yeah. Anyone else that you Maybe like danger. Not super yeah, yeah. 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 All right. We've uh filled in the time there. We'll um we'll be back next week to talk all things supercoach again. We're gonna probably incorporate as you know, more of that stuff, more AFL based stuff. Maybe do some I don't know, some rankings, some tier lists, probably look at some finals matchups. We'll continue to do these pods throughout the finals as well. Um you know, maybe have a quick peek at the Supercoach scores and finals. Not that we care too much, but maybe, you know, we look at some players who might be relevant for, for next year and, and spot some things like Kitty Coleman, who we were going to start, um, who came sort of a light in the finals last year uh, as well. And, and it's looked really, really good in that role, who unfortunately went had a hammy in the preseason, but and another one, actually. He just... I think uh, three this year. Never yeah, again. Yeah, so annoying for him, but yeah, you know. Another player like that might pop up in the finals. So uh, it's been good, boys. Yep. Good luck this week. Hopefully, I think uh, I said it before we got on, we're probably just going to be short of top 1K, I think. All of us, probably somewhere in between one to two. Which, I'm, really think I'll, which I'll I'll I'm happy with where we were, JD, yeah. me and you especially. Yeah, well, like I decidedly had a bad year this year. This year's felt really bad. So if, I, if in a bad year, still getting a top 2K rank, like, yeah, you should take that, but hopefully, big rebound next year. Yeah, absolutely. Hope for so. <laughs> All right. Thanks for Torture listening. This we'll, um, year. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>